0: Welcome Sean Pritchard come this morning preaching the word, hallelujah.
1: What a blessing to get to uh, share on Father's Day and uh, thanks dad, love you and uh, believe God's got something great for us this morning, amen. I know uh, we have some gifts we want to bless the dads with at the end of service, so we'll do that and uh, bless you guys all on your way out. I know that's why most of you are here today came to get your free gift. It's the only reason why I'm here. I had to preach to get mine, so uh, you guys are one step ahead of me, but uh, it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Father, we just thank you today. Let's pray, Father, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. Father, I just thank you for each and every heart and life that's in this room today. God, as we celebrate um, fathers today, God, we wouldn't be here today without a good, good daddy like you. So, Father, we just thank you today. God, for your goodness and your mercy in this room, bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I almost blessed the food, too. Um, <laughs> amen. This morning, I want to talk to you guys for a moment about a father's legacy. And um, I was like, man, what do I say? I'm, I'm just a young guy being a father. My oldest boy is turning 12 this week. And so as much as I'd like to say I know it all, um, I think we all go through that moment, right? But I, I think as a father, it's quite obvious that you never fully understand how to be a, a father to the best of your ability. That's all we can do is try. And so today I hope I could share some insight with you that I believe the word of God has shown me and uh, be a blessing to your life, amen? Turn your Bibles if you want to Psalms chapter 68 verse 5. I got a bunch of slides for you today, so if you didn't bring a Bible or you're not as fast as my mouth, I get going and get a little hyper up here, so I put it on the back wall for you. But there's a few things that I have learned and much more to learn as I walk through this life as a father. I consider my experiences that I have had actually shaped the way I feel I should father my children. Many of us sit in this room today, and whether your experiences were good or bad— And how you experience life as a child is truly, if we got real honest for a moment, is the way it shapes the way we want to father, the way we want to lead, and maybe it's to be a grandfather. um, So I'm not trying to be exclusive to the to the male dominant um, figures in the room this morning. Sorry, just waiting for a couple more. But there's one thing I am learning through it all: there's no perfect way to father. Today, I believe that God has revealed some practical truths to me, yet powerful, that we should all be reminded of and maybe even hear for the first time this morning. This morning, my first point for you would be, I must understand that God is my father and everything else in my life flows from that understanding. If I don't understand who God is in my life, then I can never fully father to the best of my ability. Maybe some of you sit here in this room today and, and you say, well, I don't know what it means to have a father because maybe your father walked out on you. Maybe your father left you. Maybe your father neglected you. But I love Psalm 68 and verse number five. It says, he is a father to the fatherless. Amen. He, he, he rescues those that are without. He, he cradles those that have not had. He embraces those that have been neglected. He, he, he's there to, to heal the hurts and wounds that, that any of us have ever experienced. He's there to, to pick us up, to, to set our feet upon a rock, so to say. And, and I think in order for me to truly father to the best of my ability, I need to understand who God the Father is. I mean, I, I can never fully walk in, in the plan that God has for me as a dad. Uh, I, I love my three sons. I, I put a, a picture up there this morning of, of my family. And, um, you know, I, I have a, a responsibility and a duty to, to live this life and to help others. But I will tell you today as a father that if these three boys are neglected for the sake of trying to help somebody else, I've missed my cause. The highest duty I have as a father is not to impress you today. The highest duty that I carry as a father is to raise my children. Amen. I I love people and I love giving my all to to the youth and to our community, but at the same time, I need to make sure as a father that I am not neglecting my family at the same time. Amen. Amen. See, just because you've never had a father to be an example doesn't mean that God can't show you the right way. I love 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 16. It says, God our Father loves us. He is kind and has given us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. We pray that the Lord Jesus Christ and our Father will encourage you and help you always do and say the right thing. In order for me to understand how to be a father, how to walk in this life, how to lead in this day and hour, it, it's tough to be a father today. It, it, there's a lot of things that are pulled, on, and I don't think it's really changed. I would almost, honestly say that it's maybe easier to be a father today. I know I'm going to fry some of us a little bit, but, but I think about it in days of old when they had to go to war and they had to leave their families to protect our country, when they had to fight and, and give their lives in battle. I think, man, that, I think that would be a lot tougher than trying to figure out how to, how to combat our, our culture and our society today. I, I think leaving my family and knowing I might not return because of the duty that I must fulfill for my country, I, I think that might have been a little harder to be a father in those times. See, number two this morning, I'd like to submit to you that we are the leaders of our tribes. If I could get anything across to you today, is to get you to see that, that you are the leader of your tribe. I kind of like the sound of that. Sounds good, right? I started thinking about Joshua, and and what really began to stir in my heart, and hopefully some of you young men will hear this today, and some of you middle-aged men, and some of you older men would hear this today, that uh, we are the leaders of our tribe. We set the tone. We set the direction. We set the values. we We set the convictions. We set the direction for the rest of our family. I think about the life of Joshua, and you can read in Joshua chapter 6, the account of Jericho, and I, I think about um, God's orders to, to Moses was to go and possess the promised land, but we all know through the course of events that he then passed on the baton to Joshua and Caleb to go in and possess the promised land, right? So here's Joshua with what I would like to submit to you today is his marching orders. His orders were to, to go in and possess the land that God had promised to, God, to his people, and, and within those orders were what? To, to not take anybody captive, but to conquer all, correct? And so here we find an account in Joshua chapter 6 where Joshua being the strong leader, they're, they're set to take the, the city of Jericho, and, and it's a great walled city, it tells us. And, and I'm going to summarize this morning for the sake of time. But he, we, we find them t- um, surrounding themselves around this city, and, and the orders were that, that they were to march around this city, how many times? seven times. I don't know about you guys, but I've gotten to lead some groups at times. I've gotten to work with people at times. And, um, and how many of you guys have ever had a group that's 100% in? I mean, no complaining, no bickering, no questioning, no, no wondering. They just are like gung ho. I'm going to follow my leader. Even if it means jumping off a cliff and I, I began to think about this story in Joshua. And when it comes to being the leaders of our tribes, there's going to be times, I believe, that as they were marching around these city, this city, um, day one, is like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll march around the city. Day two, they're like, all right, we'll march around the city. I could imagine by day, day three or four that some of them are cr- starting to go, are you serious? Are we really going to just keep walking in circles around this city? Do you really think God is going to do what you think he's going to do? I mean, put yourself in their shoes for a minute. And when it comes to being the leaders of our tribes, I think we have a heavy responsibility to not listen to the naysayers, not question and doubt whether it's going to work. But, but we got to hear from the Lord, men of God. See, Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. After they were compassed about seven days. See, sometimes as fathers, we've been given orders to do some things. But I think sometimes we begin to listen. I know I have. We begin to listen to maybe the people around us and, and the different things. And, and so we begin to hear the, the, the words that would speak against our marching orders. And, and maybe we begin to question whether we're on the right track. Maybe I know for myself, um, my kids, I love them. They are a, an amazing group of young men. But um, it's funny, it doesn't matter what I do for them. They're always ready for me to do the next thing. just being real for a minute. Sorry, son. But it, it, it's amazing because there's something in us that will never be completely satisfied. There's just truly nothing. So I could just imagine these, these people are, are following Joshua around and, he, and his orders are to just continue to march. And I could just imagine them beginning to question and doubt what the orders are. But as men of God, we got to recognize that I have a duty and a responsibility before God to lead this family, to lead this tribe. And so what are your marching orders today? If I were to come and ask you, what has God put on your heart, men of God? What has he placed upon your heart to, to seal in your life? There will be the very marching orders that no matter what your kids say, no matter what your family says, no matter what your co-workers say, no matter what your peers say, you're just going to continue to march it out. What are your marching orders this morning? I think about Joshua chapter 9. I, I, I put this in there and And I'm trying to summarize because I got a lot at the end that I think is really going to help us. But I got to lay a foundation. In Joshua chapter 9 and verse number 3, we find all of a sudden the story as we saw the walls fell down and, and these men, they got this great victory. They saw the Lord move. And we come to Joshua chapter 9 and verse number 3. And all of a sudden the tribe of, I think it's Gilead, came to the children of Israel and they said, we heard what you did in Jericho. And, and they get a little scared, but they, these people came and they said, we are here to be your friends. We are not your enemies. We are not here to, to fight you, to battle you. So the children of Israel bring these men to Joshua and they begin to plead. And Joshua's response was the Israelites tried, Israelites tried some of the food in verse number 14, but they did not ask the Lord if he wanted them to make a treaty. And I began to think about these words right here. Joshua had marching orders from the Lord to go and to conquer and to destroy everybody in that land. And here, as a man of God, he had a duty to lead his tribe. And his duty was to destroy everyone. And here, the naysayers began to be swayed, began to be pulled, began to be moved, and they came to Joshua and said, Joshua, these people are surely our friends. They are not our enemies. They're they're here to serve us. They're here to help us. And so Joshua just made a decision. But this morning, I want to ask you, how many times have we maybe made mistakes because we didn't go to the Lord first? As men of God, I have a duty to to consult with the Lord, to ask the Lord, God, what what would you have me to do in this day, in this hour? Fathers, we need to set the tones for our families. Moses trained Joshua to be brave. Are we training our children to be brave? See, we're not asking you to train perfect children. I'm not asking myself to train, train a perfect child. I realize that my kids are gonna make mistakes. They're gonna, they're gonna fall short at times. They're gonna, they're gonna break things. We, we were out dirt biking yesterday, and um, us dads have come to the realization that this is probably a very expensive um, hobby. But if I, if I put my kids on this um, engine, with two wheels and expect them never to break anything, I'm setting myself up, amen, for failure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash. I mean, I've crashed enough, but I'm probably going to crash a time or two, right? But so many times I think we get frustrated because in the pursuit of training our children, in the pursuit of being a father, we, we, we have such high expectations that we're never going to see failure in our children's lives, That they're never gonna make mistakes. But I will tell you that Moses knew that as long as he invested in Joshua and he built him up to be brave in those days and those hours where he would be faced with opposition, that he may fail, he may make a mistake, but he'll continue to rise up and be victorious, continue to be brave, and continue to fulfill his marching orders. This morning, I must lead by example. And this is where I wanna land for the rest of the morning. I must lead by example. I must teach my tribe how to walk. I must teach my tribe how to talk. I may not always be the hero. (laughs) I may not always be the favorite, but this life isn't just about existing. You know, I I began to think about how to say this because I don't want anybody to take this personally, but as a youth pastor, Dana and I have have heard different things at times um, parents say about their children, And, and my favorite one comes from the people that um, maybe don't attend church regularly as, as parents, but yet they want their children to love God. They want their children to, to be in church, and they'll, they'll drop their kids off and send them into youth group and not come to church themselves. And, and Tuesday night, I, I saw this group of kids, and I, I just sat there, and I was like, God, do they really think they're setting a good example for their children? You know, we, we, wanna, we want our kids to, to love the Lord and to walk with the Lord. And I think what happens is, as the parents and as the adults, we get to that point, maybe like Joshua, where we maybe get tired, we maybe take for granted, we've maybe seen too many victories, so we begin to let off. And so we continue to just think we have it all together. Uh-oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. That wasn't even in my notes. This is the most unchurched generation in history. This is absolutely the most unchurched generation in history, but I believe it's my fault as a parent. I think the duty falls not on the youth pastor, but on the family. See, so many times we want the church to fix our family, but we don't recognize that we must be the example to our families. It's gonna, I, I'm going to encourage you, I promise I just had to challenge you first. I got to tear you down and then I'm gonna build you way up, really up, okay? Really high, we're gonna give you a gift. <laughs> I'm being silly. But how do we do this biblically? How do, how do we model before our children? How do we set the example? When you think about your life and you think about the things that, that you do on a daily basis, um, some of us, I, I think it's kind of funny because I didn't grow up with my dad. Um, I'd come and visit like one month, um, maybe two months, a year and, and very, you know, short, brief time. So we didn't get to spend a lot of time growing up together, but it's kind of weird how much we are alike at times. It's kind of, it's really weird because it's not like he like, you know, chiseled away and molded and, and, you know, formed and fashioned me to be just like him. Okay. And you guys are laughing because you're just like your parents. But, but it's funny because when you think about your life and, and what you're doing and how you're living and how you're walking and how you're talking and the things you're chasing after, you, a lot of it stems from how your father was or how your father wasn't. If we could just get real honest for a minute, right? I mean, the good things, the, the, the great things. I mean, I love golf. I, I remember my, he just, I don't know why he wanted me to learn. He took me golfing. That is like... That is probably the most frustrating sport on the face of the earth, but it's so fun. It's so beautiful out there, but I remember, like, I love golf because I I think deep down inside, that was something that we always did together. Even as a kid, I remember him and grandpa took me and got me my first set of clubs, and, and we're out there, man, I couldn't hit the ball. I still, I still. Tr- I, one of these days, I'm going to actually hit the ball farther than him. I'm trying. I'm working out, pumping iron. But, but I remember I just get so mad. But at the same time, I was so excited because that was, that was our thing. We were playing golf together and, and enjoying those things. And now as a dad, I'm like, all right, <sighs> motorcycles, here we go, because that's what I enjoy doing. But, but golf's fun, too. And, and they're starting to talk. And they see me golfing, and I'm like, man, that's another expensive sport. <laughs> hmm. So how do we be this example? When I look at my dad, there's three things that I... (laughs) Shoot. There's, There's four things that I saw in my dad that I believe are keys to our lives as believers, as fathers, and as children. This morning, if you get anything today, please hear these next four things because I believe that it will truly... Either change your life, it'll encourage your life, and it'll motivate your life. Number one, we must model the importance of God's word in our life. See, the word is the most important thing to mankind. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be the most shoplifted book. Just found that interesting. Did you know that over 50 Bibles are sold every minute? There's something to the Word of God. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The Bible also says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why is the word of God so important? Number one, it's my manual, my instruction book on what God has for my life. It's that, I don't know about you guys, how many has ever put together something from Ikea? I think hell will be filled with Ikea furniture. And the worst part is, you never know it's wrong until it's almost done. Oh, bless their heart. And then, it's such high quality stuff, you get it all together and then one speed. I did this the other day. We bought a dresser. I got it all together and the last drawer. had a. It was all broken. I'm like, are you serious? I spent three hours putting this dresser together. Drove an, well, what is it? An hour to Ikea, an hour back. I'm just like, did I really get ahead buying this thing at Ikea? I should have just gone to like Naturewood or something. But I, and then we had to take it all the way back, buy another one. And you know what stinks is they didn't put together the new one for me. you think about why the word of God is so important. It's the only instruction manual without any glitches, without any quirks. It is the most important instruction manual man (laughs) will ever read because we don't read any other ones. Amen. I kind of do like Ikea because it's all pictures, because that's what us guys look for, right? We just go by the pictures. We don't even read the words. <laughs> How did my dad model the Word of God before me? I can remember coming and visiting him, and and obviously I didn't notice it a lot then because I slept in. It was summertime, and so I think he would finally jump on me at like 10 in the morning and smash me and dig his massive fingers into my side and and tickle me and you know he I don't think he really enjoyed watching us sleep in because he's always been like this early person and he doesn't mind sending you a text message at six o'clock in the morning because he thinks if he's up the rest of the world should be up okay (sighs) but I remember when I when I moved out here at the age of 20 years old and I gave my heart to the Lord and um and I began to walk this out I remember watching him every morning. He never told me what I had to do. He never told me if you want to, you know, be right with God, you need to get up before the sun's up and open your Bible and spend time in the Word of God. He never did that. What was beautiful is he just modeled before me the importance of the Word of God. I remember I'd get up in the morning and wiping the sleep out of my eyes and walking out in the living room, and there he was with all these Bibles open. Spending time when he had every color of highlighter out. He had his little red pencil that was always perfectly sharpened. He had his little spiral notebook. And he was spending time just studying the word of God. He'd have more Bibles than than most libraries. He just, he was always studying the word of God. I was like, God, that's the secret. The word of God. As a man, he, he always spends time in the word of God. Every morning. And now as a dad, I sit every morning. I'm like, God, I want my kids to see me spending time in the Word of God. I want them to understand the value and the importance of the Word of God. Because if I don't set the example, I can't expect them to figure it out on their own. Number two, we should be modeling a life of prayer before them. It breaks my heart when you gather with a family and everybody's too afraid to pray for the meal. See, as men of God, I should never be afraid to pray a simple prayer over my food. Yet, it's so astounding to to watch. There's so many times that will be places and and, because I'm a pastor, they think I should pray. And I'm like, I don't want to pray. I pray enough. (laughs) Thought you'd like that. It's like, this isn't my house. You pray. Be a man of God. Why do we spend time in prayer? James chapter 4 and verse number 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. If you don't spend time in prayer, you're never gonna get close to God. I remember coming out when they lived in Bieber, and I don't even know how old I was when I first started coming, but he'd he'd always walk down, I think it was at night. The church was just down the street, and and I remember, it, I don't know if it was every night. It, it seemed like every night, but maybe it was just one night. I don't know. You know how it is when you're young. Everything's just a blur. But I just remember there was times where he would just walk down a little church. It was just a, I don't know, a couple hundred yards down the street, and he'd just walk down there and turn music on, and he'd just spend time in prayer. He was just speaking in tongues and just praying out loud and just just fired up. And I just like and he was just always just on his knees in the morning after he'd read his Bible, he would turn and fall to his knees and he'd just be crying out to God and praying and and interceding. I was like, God, as a dad, I want my kids to hear me pray. God as a as a father, I want, I want to be a model of prayer like my dad was for me. I love when my boys pray. Man, when they're going through something and they're not feeling good, oh, let's run to the medicine cabinet. No, the first thing, let's pray. Let, let's believe God for, for God to heal you. And you know what? When God heals them, we celebrate that. Look, God did that. God healed you. God, God did that for you. But I think today, so many times we're like, oh, you're, let's just medicate. Let's just, we, we don't even give God a chance. As men and and men and women of God, it's like we got to model, we got to set the example. I love teaching my kids to pray. I love hearing them pray at dinner. Like I pick each one different each night. Sometimes I pray, sometimes Dana prays, but we try to let the kids pray. Like I want to hear you pray. How are you ever going to be able to do it if I don't ever give you an opportunity? As a dad, I gotta I gotta set the example, but I also got to teach them i got to model before them, but i also got to, I got to teach them how to be brave. i got to teach them how to be bold. When I'm sick, I'm like, will you pray for me? And, man, I, I believe God hears their prayers in a greater degree. When I, when I meet with your teenagers and we do this internship, you know what we do every time? We get together in a big, giant circle. And I say, you know what? There's not, we're not leaving until every single one of you prays out loud. If you can't pray out loud in church, you're never going to pray out loud out there. If you, if you can't pray in here where it's safe and secure and, and everybody's doing the same thing, you're never going to pray out there. As a man of God, i got to set the example. i got to be the example of prayer for my kids. hope this is okay this morning. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse number 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of, of fortresses. Why do we teach our kids to pray? Your kids are never going to battle anything in the natural greater than what they battle spiritually every day. You want your kids to stay strong in the Lord? You better teach them how to pray. You want your kids to be able to walk humbly before the Lord? You better teach them how to pray. Number three, they must see us expressing our love and devotion through worship. They must see us worshiping God. Don't ever expect your kids to to worship if they never see you worship. I'm sorry. It's just a reality. I love watching my dad worship. He He's expressive. He is in love with God. He abandons himself in worship, and he always has. He's getting older. I think he does, he's lost some of the dancing a little bit. You know, he's probably I'm kidding. He's... His smoother groove. (laughs) But I think about, it's funny, I I wasn't going to brag on my dad this morning, but as I started thinking about all these things, I was like, man, he really has modeled these things before me. Not maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, I don't know, but I've been watching. I wonder what your kids are watching as a dad, as a parent, As a grandpa, as a grandma, sometimes I don't think we realize how much our kids are really watching. Man, I'll tell you how much they're watching. One time I said a word I wasn't supposed to say. I didn't even say the real word. I said the Christian cuss word. And man, one of my kids was not afraid to tell the world that I cussed. I'm like, what are you talking about? I did not cuss. He's all, you said the F word. And I'm like, I didn't say the F word. He's all, you said freaking. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> they're always watching. They're waiting, man. They're, they're looking for opportunity to validate how they're going to walk. They're looking for opportunity to, to, to define the direction and the path of their life. And, and the sad thing is, I'm sorry, but us Christians have it even worse. Because we're they're looking at us to get an image of how we honor God. See, Psalms chapter 95 and verse number six, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Why do we worship God? Because he's our maker. Why do your kids see you worship God? Because he's our maker. He's our father. He's our dad. He's our good, good dad. My last one for you this morning. We must show them how to honor God financially. I didn't put this last to make it more important than the others. I just, think about it. Giving God our money is one of the hardest things to do. It's easy to probably open your Bible and read a chapter a day. It keeps the doctor away. It's easy to maybe spend five minutes in prayer to move heaven and shake earth. It's, it's, it's kind of easy to turn on the latest worship song in the car. Man, I love worship. Man, I Jake's always like, Dad, can you turn it down? I'm just like, man, I'm experiencing heaven right now in the car, Okay. <laughs> Having a good time with the Lord. And he's like, I know, but can you bring it down a little, Dad? I'm like, all right, good. But it's so I can sing, it's so that I can be a part of it, and nobody has to hear me. But, man, it's another thing to give God our money. It's another thing to honor God with our money. You know, we, we teach the teenagers to, to tithe, to give God, to honor God. And, and I am astounded at what these kids are doing. It is, it is absolutely, oh, sorry. Selfie. Selfie Sunday. <laughs> Some of you will get that. But it's another thing to honor God with our money. See, I can't fully trust God if I hang on to my money. I can't ever expect my kids to be fully surrendered to God if I'm not fully surrendered. Because I, I promised, man, they're watching. Jake, a couple of as I was filling out our tithe this morning. A couple months ago, He's sitting next to me and and I wrote that thing, and he looked, and he's like, Dad, that's a lot. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, we could buy a lot of cool stuff, huh? Yeah. But I'm like, it's more important to honor God. amen. I mean, if I can't honor God before my kids, i got to teach them the value in honoring God. I'm not perfect. Trust me, I am. I am nowhere near perfect, but I'm telling you, these are the four things that that I saw in my dad, that I'm trying to walk out today. And and I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I say freaking and I shouldn't. Okay, I don't always spend time in the Word like I should. There's sometimes where I get distracted and I open up the wrong app. Instead of the Bible, I open a different app. But you know what? I I make an effort every day to spend time in the Word, and there's nothing greater than hearing my kids in bed at night going, Dad, I'm in bed. Dad, I'm ready for you to come pray. And I don't get up, and five minutes later, come walking out. Dad, are you going to come pray with me? Even in 12 years, Jake's going to be 12 dad we come pray with me like absolutely most important thing i can do is model before my kids how to honor god this morning i have this little video i want you to watch as we get ready to close
2: over the years our dad taught us a lot of valuable lessons some of them stuck and some of them didn't dad taught us how to tie a tie Dad taught us how to grill the perfect steak. He told us it was important to share. And when we were old enough, he taught us how to shave. He also taught us the importance of keeping in shape. Dad taught us how to be wise with our money. He made sure we grew up being skilled with a hammer. He even taught us how to make the perfect cup of coffee. Dad also taught us what it means to love your wife. He taught us how to pray, and Dad taught us how to grow in wisdom. So whether you're just like your dad or totally the opposite, this is the man who helped make you who you are, and the legacy he leaves with you
1: will last forever. Amen. Isn't that good? Mm. Thanks, Dad, for teaching me not how to burn a steak He is good on the barbecue. I've taken it as a personal challenge to always be able to barbecue better. Just personal battle between him and I. As I close today, today I'm thankful for my father in heaven that loved me enough to give his son for me. I love my earthly dad, but if I don't have a right understanding of who my father is in heaven, nothing else matters. He's a good dad. He's there to heal every wound and rescue when you're down. It's amazing to watch some of these teenagers come through our youth group that come from broken homes and have hurts and pains and rejection. There's no greater feeling I ever experienced than watching the arms of God just wrap around them and hold them and rescue them and set them on their feet and establish a new direction for their life. I'm so thankful for my Father in heaven. Secondly, I'm thankful for my Father here on earth that stuck to his marching orders. When I think about my dad, I'm glad to keep the lights off so I don't have to see him. I'm thankful he stuck to the orders that God placed upon his heart. He's led in such a way that I would strive to follow. Maybe you don't have that today. And I wish I could wave a magic wand and, and fix that for your life. But I will tell you, as we read in 1 Thessalonians, God, God's there to be that dad to you. He'll, he'll, find, he'll put those people in your life. I, I have a natural father, but I got a lot of adopted dads that I, that I grabbed and I said, Thank you. Thank you, Dad, for modeling the way I should pray. Thanks for modeling the importance of the Word of God. Thanks for modeling before me how to worship and how to honor God. I've come to the realization that if I keep these pieces in order, everything else will be taken care of. I may not always be able to buy my kids the best, the newest, the nicest. I may not always drive the coolest car. I may not always have the coolest hairdo. (laughs) But I truly believe with all my heart that if I can keep these four things in line, that that's what really matters. Amen, dads. I, I want to pat you on the back today. Number one, for sitting in church today. It's the biggest step you'll ever take as a man of God, to be in here, to be an example, to lead your children, to show them the importance of honoring God. Take time. And show them how important the Word of God is. Maybe you've never opened your Bible at home. I want to encourage you. Open the Word of God. Spend time before your family in the Word. I'm not saying we all got to make it obvious. Because Dad never made it obvious. He just had his personal time with God and I noticed. Maybe you're a grandpa. I shared a couple weeks ago about the young man that came to our youth group and he comes to the gym and as I started inviting him to church, he's like, yeah, yeah, my grandma. Man, every time I go over there, man, she's got her Bible open and she's talking to me about the Bible and she tells me she's praying for me and I know I need to come to church. You're making a difference. As I close today, I just want to leave you with this thought. As a father, what will your kids look back at? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for these men of God. As they sit in this room, Father, I thank you that you've rescued us, you've saved us, you gave your son for us. God, I thank you today as we celebrate what it means to be a father. I thank you, God, that our children are the legacy of who we are. God, help us to see The path, help us to see the way. Help us to have a greater understanding of the duty of the marching orders that you have for our lives. God, I don't want to see my kids perish. I don't want my kids to to not see you and me. So Father, today I thank you for these dads. I thank you for this day as we honor them. I ask you to bless those that continue to lead their families and honor you and worship you. I thank you. God, that they're here today. Bless them this day. Let us remember what Dad has taught us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I bless you, Pastor. Thank you. I got one more thing. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you.
0: Amen. Um, Jesus said this, and the Word of God says this. That, it says, I'll smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And, Dad, you're the shepherd over your home. And there's an attack against fathers. And the breakdown of our home and the enemy work, there's an adversary to smite fathers, to cause brokenness in homes. Because if we can do that, then children are disillusioned. Homes are broken, security is taken away, provision is removed, Uh, just all those necessities that you bring into that place. And some of you here experience pain and brokenness because of that same thing happening. It's easy to take it so personal that My dad wasn't there. My father wasn't there. But maybe just through life, through circumstances, somehow the enemy was able to smite them. And if you carry that, then it causes you to close things off. And what you carry from your past always influences your future. And God is able to help you to forgive, to let that go, to release that. Because he needs you and I to step up to be the fathers, to be those that know how to resist the enemy and to stand against being smitten. Amen. Protect our home, to raise our children up. And even when you make mistakes, and I share with the men this morning, I even share when I share my testimony with the bicycle people that were here last night about the failures that I made and the broken. But thank God he's a God of forgiveness and restoration. Amen. And so God can restore. And just before we have you men come up, I just want to pray over you right now. Father, I just thank you today. Lord, I thank you so much for this message that Sean brought and the encouragement and just those truths that he shared with us that each one of us need in our lives. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that it spoke to hearts and it ministered to lives today, Father. But by your spirit, I ask you right now to go where only you can go in each and every man's life that's in this room. Father, whether they're a father yet or not, they will be. They're here for that purpose. You raised us up that we would be fruitful, that we would multiply, that we would bring forth posterity into the earth, that we would cause families to grow and to increase and so Father, I pray for the fathers that are here and the fathers that are to be, God, any brokenness, any pain, any wounds because of the enemy coming in and smiting the shepherd who was over their house, that through pain and brokenness they responded wrong. Whatever it is, God, I pray your healing for each and every one right now. Father, any resentment, any bitterness, God, there's there, there's been abuses, there's been hardship, there's been things, there's there's abandonment. There's so many things that come with that. But, God, you are the healer of the broken hearted. So, Father, I just pray for healing right now. If that's you, just let God just choose right now today on this day. If, if you look back and say, man, my dad's not here. My dad wasn't it, whatever it was. Let that go right now in Jesus name. And let the Father heal your heart. Let Him be that place. As Sean said this morning, He fills that void in our lives because his purpose, his will for your life is for you to be able to be that shepherd, that covering, that protector of your home. So Father, I pray your blessing over each and every man in this house this morning, Father, that their hearts would be whole, that they would be healed, and Father, that they could rise up as that protector. As the Lord says, your rod and your staff they comfort us, Father, that rod of protection and that staff for direction and correction in our lives, Father, that that would be there in their lives at the shepherd of their home so father i pray your blessing over them now in jesus name everybody said amen Amen. if you're a father here this morning i want to invite you to come up just quickly we want to bless you we want to pray one more prayer over you but if you're here we have a special gift for you and sean and i just want to give that to you so all of our fathers that are here would you just come so we can just sow into your life this morning We have, these are just little, it's a daily devotional and a a, a word and a promise. And you can flip it over and do it. It's just a cool little thing. And then there's chocolate comfort food that goes with it. Praise the Lord. Just stay here, guys. guys just maybe join arms and hook up. Let's just join in like brothers today. Come on. Hook up. Put your arm around somebody. Just connect with somebody. Come here, son. as we link together this morning as men. The world tries to tell us to stand apart, to stand alone. God, no man's an island to himself word says that when we isolate ourselves, we break out against wisdom. Lord, we need one another. We need to be brothers one with another. We need to strengthen to encourage one another. We need to pray one for another. We need to support one another. We need to challenge one another. We need the courage to speak into one another's lives. Say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you going there? Why? acting like that we need brothers who love we need strength we need support god unite our hearts together as fathers this morning that we would stand one with another that we would speak into one another's lives. father the same as we're holding arms today we know that you have embraced us that you have your arms around us that you are strengthening us and by your spirit we can always sense your voice saying hey why are you thinking like that Why are you responding like that? Why are you going there? Why do you want to do that? Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray for your men today. God, strengthen them. Lord, I take authority over the enemy. You said you gave us all power and authority in your name, Jesus. That we could bind the enemy. We could take authority over him. And Father, I come against any opposition that would try to smite the shepherds that are represented here. These are the men of God in the covering of their homes, and we pray your blessing over them this morning. We pray your strength over them this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus. We declare that they are anointed to be fathers. They're created in your image, and they're anointed by your Spirit to be the shepherd and the covering of their home, the protector, the provider. Father, we pray for jobs for anybody that may need one. We pray for increases. We pray for promotion, Father. We pray for the wisdom that they need, God. As fathers, sometimes we feel challenged, but, God, what do we say to this situation? How do we respond? And, Lord, but you can give us the wisdom. Your word says that we lack wisdom. We can ask of you, and you give it liberally. Do not withhold. So we thank you, Father, that every man is anointed with wisdom to be the father that they need to be for every circumstance, every situation. And Lord, we just thank you today in Jesus' name.
1: Father, we just thank you today as men of God that you just help us to see um, the task at hand. Father, I thank you that um, our children are watching, God, and, and I just pray that you'd give us all the strength and the boldness. Father, the conviction, um, but God, more than that, just the resolve that you have a great, great plan for our lives, for our children's lives. And so, Father, I thank you for these men today. As they stand for their families, they they hear their marching orders. God, I thank you that they would walk them out with clarity, with purpose, and, Father, with fire and passion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. Guys, we can choose to be anything we want. Choose to be men of God. Choose to be men of God. Amen. When it doesn't look like it's making a difference, know that the devil's a liar. Right choices always make a difference even when you eat your candy in church always good amen god bless you we love you have a blessed afternoon we will not have prayer tonight we'll be back we'll have prayer on next sunday night we'll pick it back up god bless you we love you moms we love you we wouldn't be dads without you god bless you have a blessed day
2: and Chris.